the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. I uh, understand tomorrow's supposed to be a beautiful day, so get your chores done today. It's supposed to be 58 or something like that, and the sun's shiny. Might even be able to get out on the golf course if I have some, uh, you know, waders on. <laughs> All right, let's start it off uh, with some positive thoughts. The shifts of fortune test the reliability of friends. And that was uh, Marcus Cicero, a Roman statesman, and I believe <laughs> he was killed by some friends later on. I have learned that at least by experiment, that if one advances confidently in the direction of his dreams and endeavors to lo- live the life which he has imagined, he will meet with success unexpected in common hours. That's from Walden, by the way, Henry David Thoreau. So, you know, we, we always talk about our web page just to let you know where it is. And, you know, a couple things. Uh, uh, you know, we, we are now uh, on podcasts. Um, so on Monday, if you if you just hear part of the show, uh, you can always go to the podcast at WHK1420, local podcast, Tim Hayes, and you get me, all right? But uh, our webpage uh, has a couple things there that I really think are important. One is the bulletin board. It's on the right-hand side. And it talks about the market week, which gives you, you know, if you don't know what's going on in the market, uh, that's a quick way to f- figure it out. Investor's Edge, that's a quarterly update, and uh, it, it just has some ideas that you probably could use. And the daily technical analysis, which, uh, you know, sometimes if you see stuff, you'll understand a little bit better. And then we have a piece on interest rates. You know, everybody's talking about interest rates going 4 to 5%, and now they're, the Fed's starting to tone their conversation down. So we talked about interest rates being lower for longer. Hmm, wonder who's right. And then cybersecurity, which uh, is really important. Uh, by the way, we have some stuff on a data breach uh, down the page a little bit, and I really think that's something that you ought to take a look at. Um, we have a new a newsletter out for December. Uh, the first thing is what happened to your money, and then hybrid friend funds. These are funds that are balanced, lifestyle or target. And then taking a look at your estate plan. Uh, you know, sometimes it's important to do that. Uh, you know, I, I was offering a couple pieces and i'll just say this i i had several people uh hook up with me on linkedin this week so uh welcome to all those people and then also we have this rbc capital markets technology internet media and telecommunications conference we have the notes from that from both day one and day two the day two i think is actually better uh it has one of my favorite analysts matt hedberg on there and mark Bahaney, who are, are two excellent analysts uh most of these guys are really good at what they do by the way the whole team is is really good you know, it was funny. Last week, I talked about time for the financials to set up. We talk a little bit about banks here uh, a little bit further. And I noticed that Warren Buffett has bought 
three major banks. So he, I bought a couple regionals and, and he bought some big ones, but, uh, and then I'll just uh, emphasize, well, we'll get into that in a minute. All right. Uh, oop, sorry, lost my place. Okay. So the U.S. Energy Information Administration said earlier this month that the U.S. crude production has climbed to 11.3 million barrels a day. That would put the U.S. on par with Russia, which surpassed Saudi Arabia to become the world's largest producer. So we are now tied. And uh, the research firm Moffat Nathanson estimates more than 10 million U.S. homes have either cut the cord or never subscribed to a pay TV distributor in the first place since 2010. Isn't that amazing? According to a federal survey, a fifth of the high school students have used e-cigarettes in the past 30 days. That's not so good. All right. So, look, if, if you want to uh, get any of the material I just talked about, uh, you know, I, I was just talking about the uh, our Internet and Media Conference, Telecommunications Conference, 5G's coming, folks, and it's going to be big. In my humble opinion, it's going to be very, very big. Just Google or Bing Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up. And uh, it's, you know it's me because below my picture it always says, buy low, sell high. And we also have the dividend growth portfolio. And, look, I, was, I think now is a very, very good time to be talking about buying quality. Okay? And the dividend growth portfolio, I mean, I know one – company that has a 5.7% dividend has got just killed in the last month. And uh, there's a lot of really high-quality names here on this dividend growth portfolio. But I also have a buy-quality list that uh, is, is excellent. Uh, I don't think I could send it out, but, you know, it's something to pay attention to. But our dividend growth portfolio and our top ideas are, are things that you should be looking at right now. Our prime income list, by the way, has got uh, – the yield's got – uh, a little low for me, so I'd wait till it get beat up again. Okay, so that's Tim Hayes, either Google or Bing Tim Hayes Radio, and I show up. Okay, so thus far in 2018, domestic banking stocks uh, have basically underperformed the the overall equity market by about seven percent. And and in the past three tightening cycles, bank stocks have had a tendency to perform in three stages. It, the initial impact. Uh, federal funds reductions favorably impacts bank stock prices. They go up. That's what happened in last year. As asset yields uh, increase more rapidly than deposit costs, okay? But in the middle stages, deposits costs more rapid, uh, rise more la- rapidly, and the banks tend to underperform. Now, what we're saying is, is that that is where the market is today. The final stage uh, begins around five to six months prior to the final Fed funds in- increase, and by the way, that's what they were talking about this week at the Fed meeting. So, uh, you know, that can get really kind of interesting. You know, investors are going to start to realize that the net interest margin pressure caused by the higher interest rates and a flatter yield curve are going to fade away soon. And importantly, in two of the past three cycles, banks experienced a down leg in the credit cycle, leading to a very poor subsequent performance. However, that was in the bear market. We are now in a bull market, and we think – that the current cycle is much more familiar with the 1994-1995 cycle where credit remains solid and banks outperform the market over the, the next three years. So if you like any information on our banks, please let us know. There's, there's you know, Buffett's buying them, we're buying them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's a couple of things. I, I noticed there's some easing worries on the U.S.-China trade uh, recently. I think a New York Times report said Trump was worried about the impact of a long trade war with with China, which that's that's interesting, I think. I also saw that short-term Treasury yields slipped after the Federal Reserve Chair 
uh, Powell said he thinks the central bank's overnight rate is just below neutral, which I thought was big. And and I'm going to tell you what it's big for. Uh, and, you know, I think that uh, you have to pay fairly close attention here because uh, th- this could be fairly big, all right? Uh, uh, in, in our view, the minutes reinforced comments uh, from Powell on Wednesday that suggested the Fed funds rate is just below the range of estimates that level would be neutral for the economy. And, and, the, and the minutes noted that while some of the officials expect to raise rates into territory deemed restrictive, a number of officials have advocated for a cautious approach which I think is important. The inflation outlook was referred to as roughly balanced. I don't know where they could see inflation in commodity prices. They're just not there. So they said it would be day dependent, which which we take to interpret as dovish. And, and so basically just said the exact opposite of what he said before. Uh, and recent data in the U.S. has begun to moderate, including the, the PCE, you know, core PCE, that's uh, uh, which is what the, the Fed looks at. You know, that's their inflation gauge. Uh, it fell to just 1.8% in October, and regional Fed surveys also begin to decline as uh, businesses are grappling with higher input costs. Trade uncertainty hang over sorts of the tax cuts, that type of thing. But look, oil, I've never seen oil in my career go down. And, and by the way, I've been around a while. <laughs> All right? I've never seen oil go down 35% in 12 days. Never. Matter of fact, we went down 50% in oil a couple years ago, but it took a year. So, uh, you know, some things out there that you, you should think about. Now, Tom, we had a conversation with Tom Porcelli this week, uh, and he talked about four or five things that he would he would be watching for um, and, you know, as to what the, the economy is going to do. He was talking about number one was wage growth. Uh, he expects it to grind higher in 2019. But, you know, this is the first year we've had a wage increase. of th- It was 3% in, in probably 10 years. So, uh but he, he, he thought the average hourly earnings uh, as of October, uh, you know, were, were, were key. And, and if they, they went up much higher from there, people would be worried. He also talked about protection, uh, protectionism being a major th- uh, threat. And populism, which is becoming very important in Europe right now, uh, could cloud Europeans, the European outlook. Uh, he also talked about China's rebalancing. And, you know, what he's talking about is China may face a choice between sustaining growth and addressing some structural imbalances. Um, you know, and the, I guess the other thing is, you know, are they going to do it with more leverage or less leverage? And then um, he also talked about uh, after hedging, and what I'm talking about is currency hedging, he thinks that your U.S. Tre- treasuries have kind of a negative yield, which I think is, uh, I hadn't heard that before, but that, that's a, very interesting scenario. Um, a couple other things. Remember, we have a, a piece here for 2018-2019 dollar limitations for retirement plans. If you'd like that, just once again, Google or Bing Tim Hayes uh, Radio and then uh, hit the contact me. By the way, if you go to WHK 1420, if you missed part of the show and you want to hear the whole thing and you're looking for our blog under local blogs, from our blog, you can go directly to my webpage, okay? So if you'd like that, please let us know. What we did know is uh, have, you know, we said a couple weeks ago that we thought bond yields had peaked, and the prospect of declining flows into fixed income driven by rising interest rates and weak bond returns may shift some of this money into into equities. 
it's been an important imp- implication for investors, I think. And uh, look, U.S. and equi- equity and fixed income flows generally move in opposite deve- uh, directions. In fact, the correlation during the past two decades was minus 81%. So typically, you know, you return lead flows. Investors return to market results, which may, may mean that you, you might have some, you know, good double-digit growth in, in, uh, in equities coming up here. That would be, uh, I think, fairly interesting. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, up until Thursday, most of the major uh, indexes have erased all the gains. Uh, the S&P 500 was actually down at that point. What I thought was interesting is that I looked at the top 25 or 20 places to be, and the money market is now in there. And the money market uh, is just shy of giving a buy signal versus a couple of the different indexes, and uh, that would be not good. Um the other thing I would suggest is that, uh, well, there's a bunch of indexes that are, uh, uh, you know, in trouble, I think. So uh, you want, that's something to t- uh, take into account. Hey, let's take a quick break. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Hugh Hewitt sees a strong case for Trump in 2020. It's going to be very tough to beat Donald Trump because people like jobs, people like economic growth. Moreover, the never-Trumpers are trapped in never-Trumpism. It's like they dug themselves a deep, deep hole, and the first rule of holes is stop digging, but they can't because they hate him. The people who hate on President Trump just can't get over it. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Bob France at 9 on AM 1420. The Answer. A powerful threat calls for a greater response. Not tomorrow. Not in a few years. But right now. Some battles must be faced together. Cancer fighters stand up to cancer every day. And you can be part of this battle too. Visit standuptocancer.org slash American Airlines to learn more. Together, we can save lives. When the Teen Titans go to the movies, they know the best way to travel is safely. Hollywood, here we come! To keep your child safe, be sure to use the right car seat for their age and size. Exactly. We're finally on the big screen. Have a seat, my dude. For more information on finding the right seat, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Gotcha. That's a wise move. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And once again, if you missed the first part of the show, you can go to WHK1420's uh, webpage and hit the local podcast and uh, go down to Tim Hayes, and there I am. By the way, you can go directly there to my webpage. So if you heard about any, like our dividend growth portfolio, our best ideas, or our new, our conference that we had uh, on media, internet, and telecommunications, 
you'd like to get those notes, let us know. You know, there's uh, some new rules that uh, if you're a charitable giver, there's some changes with the new tax rules. And if you'd like to get that information, uh, hit the contact me on my webpage or call us at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Uh, it, it talks about the benefits of bunching charitable deduction, deductions, by the way, and uh, and the new rates that are out there. You know, it was funny because crude oil just got killed. I mean, it was seventy six ninety just uh, just you know four. Well, now it's nineteen days ago, and uh, we, we broke fifty last week. So, uh, what was really interesting is that natural gas went straight up during that period of time, and now natural gas is on a buy signal compared to crude. So, and it's holding, which is really interesting. I also noticed that I had several of my favorite dividend stocks just get trashed in the last couple of weeks. And I think there might be, uh, you know, uh, uh, folks at Morgan Stanley said we have a rolling bear. And um, we've been talking about that, you know, uh, for about six, seven months. That's why we, we talked about, I mean, we, we talked about MLPs in March. Then we talked about utilities in April. Then we talked about consumer staples throughout the summer. So, um, you know, whatever. But, Look, I, I know of one uh, in in the tobacco area that was at 66 back in November, is now 54, and uh, has a great dividend yield. The other thing I did notice is that, you know, sometimes when interest rates are peaking, the groups that got beat up because they were going up start to turn. And I was looking at the, uh, the construction uh, business, and I, I looked at two or three different ETFs. Uh, both had um, what I consider a... A higher low, you know, so they hit a low, a lot of volume on that low, came up and hit a higher low, and there was some volume there, and, and then broke above the, the, the high before that. Uh, so I've, I've noticed it in ETFs, and I've noticed it in a couple of the stocks, uh, which is really interesting. And I had like five questions about gold last week, and I just want you to know that there is a bull market in gold. Unfortunately, it's not when you're buying with U.S. dollars. Okay, so gold is going up in price in all other currencies, if you can understand that. Uh, you know, because gold, gold and oil are priced in dollars, and so they're going down in dollars, which means they're going up in other prices. Um, if you don't understand that, you shouldn't be buying gold. <laughs> all right, so Lori Castlevina, uh, who's our head strategist, had some interesting stuff to say. Uh, she's, she was just talking about the preliminary views for 2019, uh, with the caveat that they will revisit the forecast in, in a few months for the you know the final views, obviously, at this time her, her team is trimming their 2019 earnings per share estimates from 173 for the S&P 500 to 171, and the preliminary price target is 2900, which is about 200 points from here. This implies a six percent move from the closing level, uh, where we are, uh, and she upgraded consumer staples. Uh, they have been upgraded to overweight. She's obviously feeling very, uh, very cautious about that. She downgraded consumer discretionary, and that was right in the beginning of the beginning of the week. And a couple of discre- uh, uh, retail stocks just got killed. And the only one of the six drivers that is currently positive for the S and P five hundred is deals and cash deployment. Uh, earnings revisions remain neutral as moderating margins, a stronger U S dollar, and slower buybacks appear to be. Uh, near-term headwinds. Uh, that's 
really what caused a lot of the, the lookout below in October was the Fed chairman speaking and then the fact there was no buybacks in place to, for any, you know, big amount anyway. And they continue to favor value over growth into 2019. Uh, they're also waiting to make a small versus large call at this time. And why is that? Well, I think, you, you know, if you understand what Mr. Powell said, the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates since 2014. And the moment they mention they're going to raise interest rates, small cap stocks has lagged behind. And I've said this before, small cap stocks are probably two and three quarter standard deviations below normal and probably almost four standard deviations below large caps. That's a lot, folks, okay? Um, you know, municipal bonds uh, became number one in the asset class, uh, the fixed income asset class in the Dorsey Wright system. And it's kind of interesting because they're now yielding higher than uh, their brethren in the, in the, in the uh, Treasury Department, and the Treasuries are not double exempt. All right, so, you know, I was looking at charts, and it looks to me like most people are getting more defensive. Uh, but what's really interesting is the market breadth indicators during the October market sell-off was fairly concentrated. Uh, so the whole index did not break down. It was just a certain group, okay? And wary investors, I think, have started to favor defensive over cyclicals, and we've been talking about that for a pretty long time. And I also, uh, I mean, look, healthcare has been steady. Uh, we talked about that for a year now. We've talked about the uh, utilities. We talked about uh, all this stuff. And probably what we've been wrong in is oil. Uh, you know, oil has been a tough, uh, tough trade this year. But uh, we also, I looked at fixed income, and I, I, I noticed that they've been focusing on short duration. Now, if you don't know what duration is, you probably shouldn't be buying your own bonds. Um, but the shorter the duration, the the more volume and and the, the smarter money has been involved in these things. So, uh, you know, it that, that's fairly interesting. And so, I, I think a lot of people have been weathering some of this with a defensive tilt. Now, I'm I'm fairly defensive, and I got quite a bit of cash. Uh, you know, not all my stocks are up. Just so you know, uh, it never works that way. Uh, but most of them didn't get killed for the most part. Okay, so. Um, you know, I was looking at things, and I, you know, uh, I I listened to Bob Schleimer this week. I listened to Tom Porcelli, who's our head economist. Bob Schleimer's with Fundstrat, and you know, the the correction in the equity markets has started in in October has turned it basically into a route of margin calls, and there was two hedge funds that went belly up. So, that, look, you only get killed in the stock market when you use leverage. <laughs> You know, 1929, everybody said they got killed. If you didn't use leverage, you could have held on to those stocks forever. They all came back. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to be uh, careful. Now, the leadership has been both a cyclical value and defensive value, which, uh, you know, that's, an, that's a very different opinion, big different opinion. I think the most notable swings are in, in technology, industrials, and discretionary. Uh, to stuff like healthcare and cyclical value, okay? So um, we're seeing kind of a shift to the value leadership at this point, and the U.S. is only 48% value, ranking it 17th among all the 26 countries. Um, and by the way, it's it's the longest period of underperformance for value ever. Uh, so 
Look, we are seeing some things that I do like, and, and that is, I was looking at, um, we, we just had a successful test of the October low, and I sent a chart out to everybody from my friend uh, Bob Dickey, who's our head technical strategist, that last week, and I, he hit the bottom at the, uh, within two days, so perfect. Uh, but we are seeing uh, what is known as a quadrant balance, and that's uh, the number of uh, stocks that are... Uh, virtually oversold and turning is showing some early signs of bottoming. And we did see a double bottom occur and we did see the relative strength start, you know, make a higher low. So that's positive. We're having that same thing with the Russell. And like I said, what the federal reserve said is very important for smaller names. Okay. Small caps. If they stop raising rates, I think will be the place to be. Uh, in my humble opinion, I am noticing that the large cap growth versus small, uh, large cap value is breaking down. So value is picking up uh, in growth and, and mid cap and small cap. It's just, you know, it's, it's questionable which one's the best place. Now, I, I did notice uh, I was looking at some of the ETFs and some of the, the global markets and the EEM, which is the really aggressive markets. I did notice we broke the downtrend line. And that's, uh, you know, we had some relative performance versus the S&P 500 uh, the relative comparison was starting to improve there, and now it's broken. So uh, that that could be a big trade coming up. So we'll watch that one closely. We'll let you know. On top of it, uh, the 10-year bond yields, which you know we said had been peaking, uh, have looked like they're they're starting to break down. But the 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 relative strength or the RSI, if you don't know what that is, look it up. Momentum is back to neutral. So that's kind of interesting. And then. Crude fell a lot farther than we thought. We thought he's, you know, we mentioned 65. We thought it would be the the uh, the holding place. It went all the way down to 49. There's huge. There's uh, going back to May of 2016. There's a lot of uh, resist or support, I should say, in the 45 to 50 range. So that's really good. We are starting to see the financial sector and uh, broker dealers, real estate, banks, and that type of thing uh, start some see some signs of early outperformance. Okay. Now, the established outperformance right now are utilities and staples and uh, that type of thing. And, um, you know, look, I, I guess if, if I was looking at stuff that was improving, I'd say it's the financials, the REITs, the staples, um, and the materials, and some that are, like, trying to, but I don't, not yet, discre- uh, consumer discretionary is mostly retail, technology, and industrials. So now the groups that are really kind of breaking out are st- versus the S&P 500 are staples and healthcare. Uh, um, the financials just broke out this week, so that's that's very positive. Some of the stuff that's breaking down is technology. Um, you know, I I wonder if the fangs are going to go straight back up. I don't know; they're they're really overowned, and materials have broken down pretty drastically, and and energy. So those areas I'd be really worried about. But I am seeing some good things in in uh, financials, and that would be the best leadership we could have, in my humble opinion. Uh, technology. You know, we're looking at the relative strength, and it's breaking down kind of hard. But we're also seeing semiconductors. So the technology is really in the FANG stocks. The semiconductors, which were the first ones to start to break down back about this time last year, uh, have started to firm up a little bit. Uh, the industrial sector, uh, you know, is is probing new lows on a relative basis compared to the, the S&P. But the transports, the relative performance has been kind of in a box uh, spot for most of these things. So uh, that's kind of interesting too. So, you know, we're starting to see some things 
some good things. And, and like I said, I sent the chart out. If you, if you want to get on my mailing list, just go, you know, Google Tim Hayes or, or Bing Tim Hayes radio and hit the contact me. But we did send out a chart saying, Hey, you know, looks like a double bottom. So, uh, hey, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the bullish percent in about a minute or two. Hi, it's Dennis Prager for Window Nation. Time is running out on Window Nation's deal of the year. This week is the final week for buy two windows, get two free. Buy four, get four free. Buy six, get six free. There is no limit. Plus, get 0% financing for five full years. Save that well-earned money to splurge on your family, friends, or yourself this holiday. Temperatures have fallen. You're feeling that cold air coming into your home? It's only going to get colder over the next couple of months, and your energy bills are starting to rise. Now is the time to get those windows replaced. Window Nation is safe customers. Customers an estimated $40 million in energy over the years. This is the final week of the best offer of the year from Window Nation. This absolutely ends Sunday. Get two free windows for every two you buy. Buy four, get four free, plus 0% interest for five years. Call today, 866-90-NATION. Save thousands on your windows and your energy bills used for holiday shopping this season. Save today, save tomorrow, save forever. Call 866-90-NATION today or visit windownation.com. Tell them Dennis Prager sent. I was 12, and more than anything in the world, I wanted a new bike for the holidays. We had opened almost all of our presents and still nothing. Then all of a sudden, Dad reached behind the couch and pulled out this amazing red bike. I was gazing at it when suddenly I heard everyone else go, Ooh. My parents had given my older sister a one-pound tin of Peterson's cashews. I hated that bike. No one ever forgets a gift of Peterson's Nuts. To place an order, visit petersonsnuts.com or call 1-888-817-NUTS. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. I took a stroll on the old long walk of the day. I met a little girl and we stopped to talk and we'll find something. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And, uh, you know, I think there's a couple things, the big developments this week, so we'll, we'll talk about them. But, you know, we're going to talk about the bullish percent, and we, we kind of hinted last week that we thought it would be a big rally. Uh, we were a couple days <laughs> early, uh, which, you know, the market uh, sold off pr- pretty much uh, uh, on, on Thursday and Friday of last week, and then uh, Monday had another kind of rough day but the tuesday boom took off but anyway uh the new the bullish percent was designed uh, by a protege of charles dow back in the 30s and what he wanted to be is bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top okay so this is a chart that goes from zero to 100 when you get over 70 that's the red zone that's when everybody's talking about their portfolio and things things are hot okay and uh then there's below 30 that's when everybody's uh crying in their beer and 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 i don't get invited to parties uh and my my mother-in-law leaves me out of, you know, on Thanksgiving, that type of thing. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that, um, you know, you want to buy when everybody's, you know, spitting out their beer, okay? And you want to sell when people are over-exuberant. Uh, Warren Buffett said a million times. 
So what happens is we have these things that are uh, X's and O's. That's point and figure charting. X's, we have the offensive team on the field. O's, we have the defensive team on the field. And all you got to know is that when your column of O's, especially when it's over 70, you want to get, you, you want to be prepared. Okay. Doesn't mean you have to sell your whole portfolio. You just got to be, understand what's happening. Uh, they're going to correct the market. And by the way, column of O's develops a lot faster than a column of X's. All right. Right now we're in a column of X's and we're a fairly good field position. We're at 33. Uh, we were down 2.4% this week. Uh, we wouldn't reverse down till, uh, 32. So, I think this weekend's going to be pretty big. Uh, you know, if they, they do a trade deal, it could be really big. The, the over the counter index at 30.9 it was down just a half a percent. Uh, and they wouldn't fall down till 28. And uh, I noticed a lot of micro caps and, and small caps starting to pick up. I think Powell's comments were big for them. And then the world indexes were, are in a column of X to 32. They wouldn't break down till 28. So that means all the bullish percents are positive. The other thing is the positive trend uh, charts that we look at are all in pretty good shape, too, so that's good. Now, one of the things I did see is that over the course of the past two months, international equities have actually picked up the most relative strength buy signals, the six. Uh, so they're up to 250 now. Uh, domestic equities are still ahead at 326, by the way. Uh, and then commodities are 174, fixed income 140, cash 117. Currency seventy one, so that that means the you know people are still putting money in there. They're probably getting killed in these things, but uh, you know it'll eventually turn itself around. I looked at most of the major indexes, uh, and you know most were positive for at least a couple of weeks, with the exception of the the QQQs. Uh, I don't think they're coming around for a while. I think they're going to go sideways for a pretty long time. That's my opinion. They're overbought. Uh, it's been the best performer for a couple of years now, and I think you know that's where all the growth is. So if value does overplay, you want to be more in the S&P 500. Uh, and so the small caps and the mid caps still look pretty good uh, on those things. I mentioned those last weeks. Uh, I did notice the momentum for the Dow Jones just turned positive, weekly momentum, after nine weeks of being negative, uh, which is a, definitely a good thing. And this week, you know, we talk about the bullish percent for all the different groups that we follow, okay? And we finally, <laughs> after four weeks, have a favorite sector, and that's the telephone sector. Uh, so, look, I keep telling people, 5G is coming, and it's going to be big. Big, big, big. And uh, you better get on board. Uh, you, know, you know, what 5G is, is this is, you know, what we're talking about here are, uh, you know, you're sitting down with your kids, you're having a cold beer, and it's Friday night, and you're watching Star Wars, and it's holograms, okay? So there's a lot of speed that has to be added, so the tele- telecommunications group is good. We do have, by the way, we were down about uh, three-quarters of a percentage point. Uh, I'm sorry, we were up three-quarters of a percentage point to 31, but there's so many, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 17 groups that are below 30, all right, and I, I'm not going to mention them all because there's too many, but that's where you ought to be paying attention. Then we also have three groups. That's building, which we talked about earlier, household goods and machinery and tools that are at 30 and look like they're turning up. So uh, never anticipate an anticipator now. So the telecommunications area is probably where you want to be. That's in favored sector now. We did have steel, non-ferrous metals, and oil service stocks go to completely unfavored, which is not really good. I did notice some international charts that 
really started to pick up. And I, I looked at the point and figure charts, I looked at the regular charts, but like Quatar, you know, it's, I know it's a small co- country, but uh, broke a double top this week. And, and uh, you know, on any weakness, you might want to take a look at that one. It, the Israeli uh, ETF, I saw four or five of these that, that broke out, came back, and now have popped a little bit. So they got, you know, a pretty good, a decent entry point and a, and a possibility of a decent exit point, too. And Turkey, so it is another one that uh, looks interesting. So it's that Middle Eastern stuff that uh, everybody's looking into. Don't know why. Now, fixed income uh, really hasn't been any movement in, in the major indexes, yield indexes, okay, since our last fixed income in date update a couple of whiles ago. The, you know, the, the five-year yield index in the U.S. 10 remain on sell signals uh, after they broke double bottoms. Um and that means the yields are coming down, okay? So the 30-year yield index remains one box away from breaking a double bottom, and that would be at 3.275. So I think the remarks on Wednesday by Fed uh, uh, Chairman Powell said that he continues to see a solid outlook for the U.S. economy. He also stated that interest rates are currently just below the neutral range. And Bloomberg reports that Powell's statement is likely to be used as keeping the Fed on track for an additional increase to Fed funds this year. However, it could call into question whether, you know, what they're going to do next year. They're talking about three rate hikes might not happen. Um, U.S. equities, you know, rallied while the U.S. dollar index declined. Um, that was interesting. Now, there were two changes to the fixed income uh, uh, model for dynamic asset level investing that our friends Dorsey Wright, who provides us with the bullish percent, by the way, um, mentioned this week. And municipal bonds overtook. U.S. preferreds and convertibles for the number three spot. And uh, uh, high yield is number one now. And high yield is, I mean, you got like a 360 uh, or 3.6% above where it was just uh, this summer. So they got beat up, but now it's probably a pretty good time. And then U.S. corporate bonds. I would stay with the higher rated corporate bonds because uh, high yield bonds, just so you know, are basically a stock surrogate. They move almost in tandem with stock markets. So if you think we're at the bottom, now may be a time. Now, crude oil has been six weeks of negative momentum in the commodity area, and they are 100% oversold. So they're the far, you know, if you have a sign curve, they're the far left of the sign curve. Uh, and, and gold has been negative for a couple of weeks, and it just never got through its downtrend line. Uh, so as, as long, it, you know, it was positive for a long, long time and then just died. Uh, the in, the actual commodity uh, indexes are you know basically been negative for about th- three four weeks. Uh, copper continues to get slammed. Uh, you know it made a big huge move and then gave all of it back, uh, which is is just it's been tough this year when it comes to commodities. So commodities are you know you, you look at feeder cattle. I mean it's way way down. Uh, gold is trying to trying to break out but can't. Uh, soybeans. Uh, broke down and then tried to reverse back up. Um, they're very close to breaking through their, their negative trend line, but, you know, n- nothing great yet. All right. All right. Now we're going to talk about uh, relative strength buy signals. And uh, these are important simply because, you know, when, when relative strength goes positive, it can stay that way for a pretty long time. Uh, one of them is Fabernet, which is an industrial goods. Uh, the next one is Jinko Sol- Solar Holding Company. By the way, I saw a lot of solar companies, uh, a lot of different solar, you know, uh, 
you know, ETF TAN and a bunch of other names uh, on my machine this week. Uh, Rent-A-Center, which, uh, you know, is supposed to be a buyout candidate, and Microfocus International PLC, which is uh, was a new issue in the software area a while back. And then um, we also have Alcoa. Uh, I'm sorry, now i got to go to the cells. Alcoa, uh, Tapestry, which is in retail, John Bean Technologies, which is industrial goods, Tanaris, oil drilling, PBF Energy, uh, Zafkin, which is in the pharmaceuticals, and Aurora Cannabis, which uh, is in it's the uh, the Canadian company. Now, look, when you have a relative strength cell, that's when you better go back and check your fundamentals, okay? So what we're trying to do in this show is we start out with this huge piece, the economy. We talk about it. We move on down to individual ideas. And those individual ideas are for you, you know, to, to research. I'm not going to tell you which ones I'm buying, and I may not be buying any of them. Okay? You do your own homework. If you want me to do it for you, come talk to me. We'll have coffee. Uh, but the point is, is that if you match the fundamentals with the technicals, I think you'll make a lot more money than if you just do one or the other. All right? My humble opinion. Uh, it's done well for me. But look, there's a couple things that happened uh, this week. And as a matter of fact, yesterday, as a result of the market's action, the bullish percent for the S&P 500, now not, this is not the full bullish percent, it reversed back into a column of X's at 44. Um, as a refresher, this indicate, indicator uh, measures the percentage of stocks in the S&P 500 that are on point, uh, signal buy, uh, point and figure buy signals. Easy for me to say. Uh, so this makes the uh, indicator what we call bull alert status. So stay tuned is what it's saying. It needs to reach 50 for it to go in a full bull confirmed. And the bullish percents uh, for the New York Stock Exchange Index and NASDAQ uh, and the world are all in bull alert status. So that's really that's positive. So if, we went, if we were going to go, you know, we'd go big, I think. Now, look, um, for those of, you know, who, who observe the market, and I think one of the best out there is the Stock Traders Almanac, uh, they also include items such as the January barometer and even performance patterns surrounding uh, presidential electric years, election years. Okay, so uh, there's a historical tendency we discussed each year is the January effect. And January effect refers to the tendency of small cap stocks to outperform their large cap counterparts early in the calendar year. Uh, however, when any seasonal trend becomes widely accepted, we tend to see the market adjust accordingly. In, in the case of the January effect, we have seen this uh, phenomenon move further forward in the calendar year. So more likely to happen in December. So the small fries stay on the sidelines while the big, boy, uh, big boys are on the field. That's what we're seeing right now. And then, you know, late November, early, um, early December, mid-December, they take off, okay? So be paying attention to this because I think there's a lot of laggy money managers... Uh, who are fearing for their jobs right now and small cap stocks and invest in blue cap uh, chips. Uh, but there's there's also the lower institutional ownership at this point. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Insiders. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Truth is timeless. At the Original Mattress Factory, our business philosophy is based on honesty and truth, and it never changes. Simply stated, we treat our customers the way we want to be treated ourselves. This means we treat people with respect, we educate rather than manipulate, and we offer genuine value and substantial savings, not simply by saying it, but by proving it with cutaways of our mattresses compared side-by-side with the mainstream brands. 
Stop by one of our store locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we'd like to know, is it better to give or receive? One lucky winner in each of our markets will get to make that choice for themselves this Christmas. In the spirit of the season, we will be giving away a queen-size orthopedic luxury firm mattress set for each winner to either give to a loved one or receive for themselves. Visit any of our stores by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win, but eligibility restrictions do apply. May your holiday be merry and bright, and you always sleep tight. Imagine having extra cash for all of 2019. It can happen for you just by entering the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest at whkradio.com. Let us pay your mortgage or rent for a full year, and you can use that extra cash to pay your bills or have some fun. What you do with the extra money in 2019 is up to you. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest now. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Now we talk about insiders. Once again, like I said, we, we started with the economy. We moved down to some technical indicators of the markets. And now we're moving into uh, I, you know, some names that you might want to jot down. Uh, I look at these things a couple different ways. But look, if you don't believe in this stuff, we talked about Mesa Labs uh, two weeks ago. You know, it's up 40 bucks. Okay, It was a $200 stock, but it's still up 40 bucks. Uh, you know, there was a bunch of buyers, and uh, we recommended it. Okay, so we have a new one. Avio Pharmaceuticals, there was eight buyers of $20.5 million. And this is a $2 stock, so these guys are out of their mind or they, they really like it. And then Next Point Residential Trust, there was two buyers of $7.1 million. That's been showing up a lot on my machine. Contego, we talked about last week. It was a, some, a buyer of $5 million worth. And then we found there were several more buyers this week, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 worth. So uh, that's always positive. Um, the guys at Heister Yale Materials Handling, we've had 29 buyers of $1.5 million worth. And remember, we they bought for a while there, and uh, now they're buying more. And Wynn Resorts, which has got absolutely nailed since uh, Steve Wynn left, there was a buyer of a million dollars, the first buyer since Mr. Uh, Wynn sold all his stock. And then Westlake Chemical Partners, which is an MLP, Two buyers of one point two million and a sign, which is a very interesting chart. There was two buyers of one point two million. So you know we we're, we're starting to see uh, quite a few buyers. I would I would call the insider transaction uh, ratio very very positive. Okay, now this is one that I I think is really interesting because it, it it's was a hundred fifty dollars stock. It went down all the way to, down to eighty at ninety. One of the directors bought one point six five million dollars with the Wayfair. It's the first buy. They've been selling, you know, because it was a new issue, they've been selling the whole way up. Uh, also, a, another director at Corsep Therapeutics, remember there was a director that bought 200,000 shares last week. We had another director, uh, Leonard Baker, buy 100,000 shares. So uh, that's a uh, about a million dollars. So, uh, by the way, he, he already owns, he, he owned like 
six six million shares. He, he, I love to see it when they add to th- situations like that. Uh, also, Trans and Terex, which has got a it's a little small cap stock that has uh, that we like it by the way. I think uh, on a fundamental basis. I haven't seen the chart, so don't call me and say I recommend it. I didn't, but uh, it it has uh, it does surgery with uh, robotic surgery. Um, you know, I don't know anything more about the stock than that. But this, the uh, the C- CEO and president, uh, Todd Pope, bought 300,000 shares. The COO bought 299,000 shares. The CFO bought 290. And the chief marketing officer bought 150,000. Uh, that's usually a good sign. <laughs> um, especially small cap stocks. I mean, they, you know, you would think that they know something because they, they haven't, they got a bundle of it. Trust me. Uh, McGuire Infrastructure Products, so which just got killed. It was a $70 stock. It's now 40 uh, The CEO bought a million shares, and he owns a ton of it. And Zillow. Uh, our friends at Zillow, uh, we had one buyer of eight, 8.9, uh, $18.906 million. And then that same Jay Hogue, by the way, bought another 5894 That's a lot of stock. And then the guys at American for Rent, we had... Uh, the CFO, the CEO, a director, all bought, you know, they bought $15.5 million worth. That's quite a bit of uh, chump, uh, chump change, or it's not chump change. And then we had uh, Trinity, which is, you know, they're the railroad cars that that um, bring oil back and forth uh, from places. Uh, they had a director buy $3.157 million, and two days later bought another 193000 And here's one that's really interesting. Um Oil drops from seventy six ninety to forty nine forty uh, in a three week period, and the guys at Matador. Now the Matador is right on the dome in the Permian Basin. If you don't know what the dome is, you should look it up. And we ha- the the CEO uh, bought five thousand shares at twenty two. This is just yesterday, and there was eleven buyers between uh, two thousand and six thousand shares. So I love when there's eleven buyers. Home Depot, after just getting pummeled from uh, 215 down to 173, a director, uh, who's a very smart director, by the way, bought $2 million worth. And Kellogg, uh, last week we had the CEO buy uh, $2 million worth, and now the CFO is buying $508 million. So obviously good things happening at Kellogg. Uh, and then Unifi, which is industrial goods, Value Act bought $1.406 million worth. And, uh, by the way, Value Act, which bought uh, a lot of uh, storage technology at $53, I guess it was, just got hammered in it because it's now 4270 just stepped up to the plate and bought another $15.3 million, and then two days later bought another $227 million. Uh, I think their total position now is about 8 or 9% of the company. Uh, storage tech does have a pretty good dividend. It's like a 5.7, 5.6% dividend somewhere around there. <laughs> and then, um, we had one more and this was in no data. And, uh, this, this gentleman, uh, is named Shabib Tor. And he has bought, he's made eight purchases in November. The last one was 49,000 shares on the 28th. Uh, his holdings now are 3.3 million, uh, share, 3.373 million shares. Love to see when they add to them, uh, the more, the more the merrier. 
All right, so what am I seeing? So I sent a, an email out, uh, courtesy of my good friend Bob uh, Dickey, who runs the technical, he's a technical strategist at, at RBC. He's quite good at the markets. Uh, that, you know, we may have be making a higher low uh, or a double bottom in the S&P's case. And sure enough, we hit the nail on the head. Uh, so that was that was a big positive, I think. And uh, the other thing it, it does look like is we think there's no clear bottom yet on oil. Um, you know, it could be down at the bottom of the of the the support, which would be around the forty one, forty two dollar range. So uh, I don't know about you, but I just uh, filled up my car at uh, two dollars over at Costco. Uh, so that was that was cheap, but. Um, some of the other things we're seeing is I, I just think we're in this big consolidation and it's going to be this way for a while. We've been talking about this most of the year. Uh, we're going to have a sideways consolidation because we, believe me, the market went up a lot in 2017. And, uh, you know, when the market goes up 19%, you know that you're going to, you're at the top of the trend line. You're going to go side, sideways for a while, which I still think we're going to do for the next year. Okay. Um, but I, I also think that this range will give opportunities to buy where we were at the bottom. Uh, and I actually tried to buy some Boeing back. You know, I sold some at 370 and I was trying to buy it back. And unfortunately, Mr. Powell spoke and uh, it went up like 14 bucks in a minute and a half. So, you, you know, you got to be careful of where exactly uh, you buy stuff going forward. And look, I've got four or five really good stocks that are down just started to creep off their bottom a little bit, which might be really good buys. I also think there's a lot of stocks out there that held up really, really well, okay? But look, uh, this is a season uh, for tax loss selling. And so if the good things about tax losses is you carry forward, they carry forward forever, okay? So if you take them now and you have a good year next year, you get a chance to, to work one off the other. Uh but the other thing is you can, if you have a tax loss sale and you're not sure if you really want to sell the company, uh, I mean, look here, let's talk about GE. You know, you sell GE because it's, it's had a bad year. Uh, I'm not saying you should sell it. I'm just saying, you know, you sell it because you had a, it's a bad year and you got a couple gains from the beginning of the year. Why not buy the ETF that has a position in it? That way you, you're not buying a quote unquote, you know, you don't have to wait the 30 days if something happens in 30 days. Who knows? So, uh, there's ways to do it without uh, causing too much excitement in your in your <laughs> accountant's <laughs> office, all right? Um, and I think that's really, really important. But I think what's most of all, and, and I'll say this again, I think the big highlight this week was two, two things. Number one, it looks like we made a double bottom in the S&P 500. So we're at the bottom end of the tr- this rectangle, and it's a pretty, you know, there's 9% between top and bottom. So there's still plenty of room to run. Okay, if you take a more of a midterm trading type of view. The other thing is the EEM broke its downtrend line on both a uh, point and figure chart and a regular chart. Now, the EEM is the emerging markets. So it's not for widows or orphans, if you know what I mean. It's it's a scenario that uh, could be fairly profitable. So we'll watch that develop over the next week and kind of report on it. But it is something that you should be paying attention to. Um you know, look, all the money that I've seen come into the market has been going into foreign market. In the meantime, our market has outperformed them drastically. You know, we're flat for the year. Most of those markets are down 
Okay, so I, I don't know why that is. I, I don't know who the, what the financial advisors are thinking, but uh, you know, uh, there you go. So the other key thing I think is that value is starting to outperform growth. We haven't seen value do anything in ten years, so it's been a while. So since literally the bottom of the market in '08, it's been all growth. So if value does tick up for a year or two, that would be normal. Normally, there's a, you know, if you put relative performance is a flat line on a, a piece of paper, you know, growth is a straight up line and value is a straight down line. And sometimes they turn. And when they turn, it's, you know, the other takes over for a while. And just so you know, value has outperformed growth for most of the hundred year, 150 years of the stock market, except for the last 10 years. Think about that. So... Uh, you know, Warren Buffett is a value player. He'll tell you that he's a value player. And I think I agree with him. So what would I do right now? I'd be looking at quality stocks. Okay. I know four or five really high quality stocks that I like right now that I, I'm probably buying Monday. The only reason I didn't buy them Friday is because I held off because of the meeting down in, in uh, South America. The dividend growth portfolios. There's a lot of these things that got beat up pretty hard. You buy yield when it's up. Okay. When the stock's down, that's the best time to buy. I really think those are very uh, uh, good ideas. The other area that I think is very, very important is 5G. So get the notes from the Internet Media and Telecommunications Conference. Uh, we have two days. There was a lot of people making presentations. It has some of our best analysts in there. Uh, that's what I would be doing right now. So, uh, you know, take it, take it as you will. If you want to have a coffee with me, google or bing tim hayes radio my phone number shows up or you can hit the contact me my number is 888-223-7742 that's 888-223-7742 in the meantime have a great weekend buy low and sell high thanks for listening to the smart investor hour to reach tim during the week call him toll free 888-223-7742 that's 888-223-7742 or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. When rolling over your 401k, it's easy to get lost. Look to the experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors from RBC Wealth Management to guide you through the whole 401k rollover process. It's all Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.